Welcome to the Fix Your Sciatica podcast, where we meet with experts and clients and discuss how to manage your sciatica and low back pain without the use of medications or surgery. I'm your host, Dr. Ashley Mack, and I'm a physical therapist as well as the founder of iFixYourSciatica.com, a go-to resource for pain management. If you're joining us for the first time, thank you for listening. And if you are tuning in again, welcome back. And lastly, if you find today's episode or any of these episodes of this podcast to be helpful or insightful, please follow and rate this podcast on whatever platform you're using. The more followers and ratings we get, the more we can help people like you. And without further ado, let's get started. On today's episode, I am meeting with a very good friend of mine that I met a couple months ago. And really the big part was opening up my heart to meeting new people. And I'm so thankful to have opened up my heart and have met this, this amazing professional. And I am excited for what we're going to be able to accomplish together. So today's guest, his name is Steve Jordan. He is a celebrity trainer. He is also a New Jersey native and he is the uh, lead anchor of the Steve Jordan experience, which is an amazing podcast uh, across all platforms. And he also brought foam rolling to mainstream. And Steve, thank you so much for being on today's episode. How are you doing today? I'm awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Ashley. I'm excited to talk to you and your guests and listeners. So grateful to be here. Heck yes. And so if you haven't heard about Steve, um, Celebrity Trainer has a huge following, has been in the industry for uh, a good amount of time and has helped a lot of really amazing 25 years, Ashley, <laughs> 25 years. That's amazing. And so we don't necessarily have the time to go through your entire background. So you can go onto Steve's website and you can reach out to Steve directly to really get connected with them because Steve and I have spent hours just getting to know each other. And we really have only just scratched the surface Today, I wanted to take a deep dive into Steve's journey with uh, back pain. And it was a very interesting experience because he went, and I'll tell you a little bit more about it, but it went from injury to surgery to being fit and awesome. So Steve, I'm going to close my mouth and open up my ears. I want to hear about your story about your back pain and everything that you've gone through to where you're at today. Awesome. Thanks for the, for the mic. You know, uh, Ashley, it's a, it's a story that we probably all can relate to. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's living life in the fast lane. Uh, someone that, you know, really thought nothing could ever happen to me. I'm strong enough. I'm fat. You know, I'm, I, I know enough. Uh, it, it, you know, you know that. Oh, it will never happen to me. It's whether it's a conscious or subconscious mind. Um, but it did happen to me. Uh, I was, uh, you know, wow, gosh, I'm looking back now, probably 26 years old. Um, and I can recall the first time I had back pain. I was working and living in New York City. Um, I was about three years into my career. I was certified through, uh, CSES, you know, one of the top fitness and health, um, certification, strength certifications out there. You had to have a college degree to get it. Um, then I got certified through the National Academy of Sports Medicine, which was this like information body in the industry that helped people to live pain free, move from uh, a place that you could can really deal with anything. So the point I'm bringing that up is that I knew a lot. Um, but what I was still 
uh, sucked into was, was, was doing a lot of crunches and really the mirror muscles working on my chest and biceps and areas that I knew that were attractive to people when I would walk down the beach. Um, but I wasn't really working on the other muscles like the posterior chain, the back muscles, the butt muscles, the, I wasn't lengthening muscles as much. I wasn't stretching. I had good mobility, but not great mobility. And I remember one time I was also into what I call sexy exercises. So if we, if you're looking at Instagram today, 90% of the exercises that people perform on their Instagram pages are what I call sexy exercises. Exercise you don't need to do. Exercises just look good on camera or picture to capture your attention. And another trainer and I decided that we would we saw this one professional. I don't know if you know who Paul check is. Um, Paul check is this extraordinary, um, gifted educator and, uh, technician in our industry. Uh, and he was doing these standing on a stability ball, like squats. And we thought it was cool. And so we started to work together and help each other get up on stand up on a balance board on a, the stability ball and start doing back squats on it. And, you know, we're starting with no weight. Then we go to a, a wooden dowel and then we go to a 45 pound bar and then we go to, you know, 125 pounds, whatever we had on our back. And I fell and I fell off of the ball and landed. It hurt, but it wasn't like, oh, I hurt my back. It just hurt my body. <laughs> and I remember that vividly. And, you know, we kind of shook it off. Then we were like, all right, maybe we shouldn't do that heavy and we should probably tone it down a little bit. You know, we weren't that ignorant. So I remember going to sleep that night and that morning I woke up and I could barely get out of bed. I, my back was like just in pain. And I remember walking to work. I was living in New York City. So my commute was a walk. And I remember stepping off of the curb with my right foot. And as soon as I stepped off, I got this shooting pain right up my back. It was the first time I ever had like this kind of excruciating pain. And I contributed to that fall. So I did what I knew what was best. I didn't see a physical therapist or a doctor. I just started doing stretching and foam rolling and doing what I knew um, to help stabilize. And after a few days, maybe a week or so, the pain subsided. Never thought about it again. Let's fast forward five years. I am living in Hollywood, living a fast life, having a good time. I'm working and playing and, you know, kind of bridging and burning the candle at both ends, as the people would say, right? And I, how, 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 how graphic can I get? Is this a, you can be fire away. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Great. I, I like to be authentic and real. I'm with, I'm with the girl that I'm, I'm kind of hanging out with. And, um, we were having sex, um, one evening and everything was great. Feeling good. You know, we go to sleep, we go to sleep together. I wake up. And I go to step out of bed and I can't move. I can't even stand up straight. My back is like on fire, on pain. I just can't even like, I'm naked and I'm like, I can't stand up. And the girl was like, what, what, I don't know what to do. I have to go to work. I'm like, I can't move. I, I like literally can't stand. I can't take a step. And I was in a like this state of shock and fear. She had to call in work and like say, I'm going to be late. And 
So she, I called up my friend who's a chiropractor back East. And he's like, you need to go see somebody and get an X-ray and an MRI. So I call up somebody that I knew who knew a chiropractor. I go to this chiropractor a couple hours later. And I say, listen, then this what happened. I can't move. Like, and I'm just hobbling in there, like bent over. And he's like, you know what? I don't want to touch you. He goes, I'm going to order an MRI for you. That afternoon, I went and got an MRI. He read the MRI. He's like, dude, you got a herniated disc that's like seven millimeters and it's sitting right on. Uh, what is that area of your back? The co- colloidal, like it's. Oh, cauda equina. Right. Colloidal equina, like the yeah. it, like I know the Latin root means horse's mane. Yeah. So there's these all these nerve bundles that are kind of like sitting in that area, and my 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 disc was sitting right on that, and I was in excruciating pain. So he didn't want to adjust me. He didn't do anything. He recommended that I um, you know do physical therapy at first, and kind of maybe even go see a pain management doctor. I couldn't do any of that, Ashley, because I actually was heading back to New Jersey to work for the Parisi Speed School. Um, if you're from New Jersey, I know you probably know who Bill Parisi is. And if you are in the sports performance world, you know probably who Bill Parisi is. He's a leading uh, expert and innovator and entrepreneur in the, in the space of um, speed performance and athletic performance uh, training. And he hired me to go and coach a hundred of his trainers to get this NASM certification that, um, you know, I was very good at. I was an educator for them and I left the company and he wanted me to train his trainer. So I was like a star quarterback, what I related to going to go play for another team injured, but I couldn't show that I was injured and I would ice my back all the time. And it was just terrible. So about two or three weeks, I just sucked it up and did whatever I could to help manage the pain. But I was in excruciating pain, pain going all the way down to my leg. Finally, when I stabilized and I was like set in New Jersey and I was living at home with my parents to kind of save money and uh, they weren't the, the office that, is, that I had to go and, 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 um, and manage were not far from where I grew up. So I ended up going to see a pain management doctor and he did two epidural shots. So they were about two weeks apart. Uh, the first one cortisone shot, you know, it stabilized me even more. I felt a little less pain. Second one I got, I stabilized even more and I felt like I was good enough when I felt like I could probably manage this and get through it on my own. I did everything I knew again, I'm at the Parisi Speed School working with 100 trainers, teaching them this NASM OPT model protocol from corrective exercise that, you know, you, Ashley, and many other physical therapists use today as part of their protocol. And I'm teaching this to 100 plus trainers and even physical therapists um, that were, they had, um, I remember it was called Twinboro. Um, there was a, it was a physical therapy um, kind of clinic that Bill had associated with that were inside his facilities. And I was training even the physical therapist therapist on stuff that I knew. And so the point that I'm making there is to say that like, as much as I knew, I couldn't help myself. I couldn't get myself out of pain. And finally, after about three, four months of dealing with this, my contract was coming to an end. I had about a month left and I went and saw a um, a neurosurgeon. Um, It was the kind of the decision between getting back into the game and playing, you know, optimally or playing in the game half-ass and not being able to really, really 
do the best that I could physically, mentally, and emotionally, because there was so much mental anguish and emotional anguish with the pain. I, I couldn't poop properly. If I had a sneeze, I had to go find a wall and, and like brace up against the wall and, and, and hold myself because it was going to just send shock waves down my back. So long story short, I ended up getting back surgery. Um, and, uh, it was a very successful surgery. I'm now, uh, again, I was telling you off record. We were it's now about 17 and a half years ago and I am pain free, but that didn't come very, it didn't come naturally. It wasn't just surgery. And I want to really make sure that people understand that it wasn't just the surgery that did it. There was a lot of other things and I'm going to kind of pause here for a moment because I want to, you know, have a conversation on where we're at now um, and how I got to where we're at, where we are. Um, because I think it's really important to kind of, you know, dive into this and the much deeper. And if I keep going on, I'm not going to stop talking. <laughs> we are going to take a quick break to tell you about our awesome new program called the sciatica protocol. If you don't have the time to see a professional, but are tired of trying to figure out this recovery on your own, then the sciatica protocol is for you. Harness the power of a knowledgeable physical therapist through your phone. It takes no more than seven minutes per day, and it is designed to help you recover as quickly as possible. Now, having an on-demand physical therapist can cost thousands plus hours of sessions. But with the sciatica protocol, you'll receive the same, if not better, customized care completely free. And why are we making this program free? Because I believe that everyone deserves to live free from pain without actually having cost be the biggest obstacle. It is simple to start and all you need to do is log into ifixyoursciatica.com forward slash the dash sciatica dash protocol and fill out the nine question quiz to begin. The link for the program is in today's show notes. Well, I, thank you so much for sharing this story. It's a, uh, it's, it's a very interesting. Well, one, the fact that you have, you endured this pain, like, well, say like the second instance where you experienced this debilitating pain in California and then had to fly all the way to New Jersey and teach these folks while being in pain, that takes a whole nother level of discipline, mind over matter, like being able to like will yourself to move past that because I mean, that's, a, that's a ton of pain, especially the fact that you had some issues with your digestion and being able to, you know, not to get graphic, but as you said, having issues with like digestion, pooping, like stuff like that. And um, I, I don't know if you'd share the same sentiment, but I know for me, like, the, I feel like the more that we know, the more knowledgeable we are, like with your role um, as, a, as a movement coach and me as a physical therapist, I know that whenever I like tweak something, I'm like, oh yeah, I think I can like figure this out. And then I can let it, uh, what, what would you call it? I can let it like marinate for a long period of time before I say, oh, wait a minute, I can't do this by myself. I need to go ahead and move on. So yeah, it's hard to yeah. ask for help often. It's, I think it's harder when you guys, to your point, when you know enough or a lot about, you know, what we know. Um, sometimes ignorance is bliss, right? And it allows you to be more open-minded, um, and allow you to ask for help. You know, it was, 
It was tough. It was a tough decision. And, you know, I'm, I'm not somebody that goes down medical route. Um, you know, I, I have not been on an antibiotic since that time. So that's the last time I took an antibiotic was after that back surgery. I had some pain meds that I had to take for a few days, probably three, four days. But since that time, I have not been on an antibiotic ever. Wow. Yeah. So my whole mindset and body and like, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in healing yourself in a lot of ways. And so it was a tough decision to go and get, you know, this kind of help and surgery to, and at that time, 17 and a half years ago, honestly, I mean, that's a long time ago. Think about it, right? We think about iPhones. They're only 14 years old. We didn't have iPhones then. Um, and it was a, uh, it was a big decision because back surgeries were not very successful. Um, there was a lot of, uh, negative, like research and stuff on back surgeries about being not successful. And I had to make that game decision call and go with what I felt was going to be in my best, um, what would be best for me. Yeah. Do, do you mind if I ask, do you remember the, the name of the procedure that you went through? There's a lot of different spinal and back procedures that mm-hmm. are out there. Um, would you be able to tell us more? Yeah. I had a microdisectomy. And it was L5 S1. And, um, I also had a little herniation at L5, uh, L4, L5 that they cleaned up a little bit as well. I have about a, an inch scar in my lower back. Um, and, uh, you know, I think surgeries then were probably a little more invasive than they are now as technology has gone better and tools have gone better. Um, but I, I went in it was a, a day. It was, I didn't spend a night in the hospital. I went in in the morning and I came out in the afternoon. It was about a three, four hour surgery. Um, woke up in the recovery room, uh, you know, was there for a few hours until they felt that I was good enough to go home. My dad was there and picked me up and drove home. And I spent that day and night in bed the next morning. I remember like I was, again, here's that discipline. I was like, this is, I am going to fully recover. Like that was my mantra. I am going to fully recover. And there was nothing that I was not going to do that morning. I remember waking up and getting on all fours and on my, and doing uh vacuum, stomach vacuum exercises, which we call bracing. And I started doing, you know, the, the vasomic vacuum, uh, vacuuming exercise where I was blowing all the air out of my stomach and then bracing as I exhaled and doing that and holding that. And then I was, then the next day I went into, um, you know, one arm tripod and then I went into a opposite arm leg bird dog and I started doing that. And then after like the second, third day, I started walking and I went for like a walk in my neighborhood in New Jersey, about a mile and a half, very gingerly, very, you know, slow, but I walked and with the stitches in my back and, but it was something that my, my doctor told me to do the surgeon. He said, because I told him, I said, what could I do for recovery? He goes, just walk. And so I walked and walked and walked. And so I didn't overdo it. I played it very conservative, but I needed to like, I felt like moving and getting out there and doing something was the best thing for me. And it was walking. It's one of the best exercise. I think it's the best exercise for anyone, especially if you're someone who, if someone isn't very active and they want to start something, just being able to get walking is huge. You brought up this amazing, uh, and I, and it's amazing to me because it's, um, it's something that I'm always so, uh, surprised and I find it so wonderful. This, the, your mantra and your mindset of saying that I'm going to recover. I'm going to fully recover from this. 
And oftentimes when people are in pain for a long period of time, that sense of determination and hope really can, can weaken and it can have a huge impact in regards to how people feel and how people recover. And this is actually one of the, uh, so, uh, Listeners, Steve and I actually met uh, back in November 2021 at this uh, amazing resort, Canyon Ranch, and he was the guest speaker. And when he shared about his journey, I was so amazed by the ability and the hope that not only did he share with like his recovery, but the ability to have so much hope in his cup that he was able to send it out to the the rest of the people in the room. And I was just so bamboozled by it. I said, that's a good word. I'm so, so amazed by that because it's really, it's, it's not even necessarily like a mind over matter. Like you just got to get through it, but you have to have this talk with yourself where you say, I can get through this. And I really commend you. And I thank you for being able to share that, Steve. It's so powerful. Yeah. I think it's the most powerful thing. We, you know, our mind is our, our, our best tool and our, our worst tool depends on how we use it. Right. So, um, yeah, it was, I, you know, I, I alluded to the fact, and I can touch on that now, how emotionally draining it was to be in pain. Pain was all I thought about. I would wake up first thing. The first thing I would think of my back pain, I would have, I would remember I'd have ice bags and like when I'd be driving to work in the morning, I had an ice pack in my back um, Any time that I could put ice on my back, I was icing my back all day long. It was something that I just did and had to manage. There were some times I had to take some Advil, which again, I don't like to do, but I had to just to kind of mitigate, but it was still, it, it was constant. It never stopped. And so after six months of that, it embodies you, it becomes your mindset. And I had to literally break that mindset. And we'll fast forward after the back surgery, I wasn't totally pain-free. I had about 90%, I was about 90% pain-free for about five years, six years. And I just felt like, you know what, maybe this is, this is it, right? There are some days I'm pain-free, but other days I'm not. There are some activities I can do. There are some things I can't. And if this is what I get, this is good enough, right? I just didn't know what else I could do to manage it. Um, and I did the best that I could. So I, I accepted that. I was with a girl, not the same girl that broke my back, but I was with another girlfriend and we were going through a breakup. And the time was maybe about a month or two. And I noticed my back pain was, was getting worse. I was really stressed um, emotionally. I had not really gone through anything like this before. Um, and I ended up, uh, after we broke up, going to therapy. Um, and phys- not physical therapy, mental therapy, a, a psychologist. And I went into therapy. I was going a couple days a week for a few months. Um, then I was, then I kind of backed off. I was going one day a week. And I had always known as I researched, you know, and got smarter and, and more educated and, you know, studied back pain and causes of back pain. And I learned that some back pain may be psychosomatic where we are. It's a, it's, a, it's an emotion. It's stress. Um, it could be inflammation from our diet. And my diet was really good, but maybe not good enough. And in this therapy, um, as I started to unroll, un- unveil myself and become vulnerable and, and more open and authentic with myself, 
And as I started to learn to love myself and not criticize myself and or judge myself, which is what I did for a lot of my life. Um, I had really tough parents that expected a lot from me. I expected a lot from myself. I had friends that were very high achievers, great athletes, great great academically. Some went off to Johns Hopkins University and became orthopedic surgeons. Others went to Georgetown Law School and uh, Montclair State University and veterinarians. So like I ran my, my, the group that I ran with were really high caliber people, like people that really were exceptional. And I expected a lot of myself and put a lot of pressure on myself. So as I unveiled myself in this and in, in, in learned to love myself more, I started to realize that I was in less pain, like less physical pain. My back pain started to go away. One day it was gone. And I'm like, well, maybe that's just a, a coincidence. Second day it's gone. Maybe that's coincidence. And as I realized after weeks, months went by, I'm like, holy moly, like that last 10% of pain discomfort that I had accepted that was going to be my fate that I was okay with was really left down to my emotions, my personal well-being on an emotional level and my inability to accept myself, my inability to love myself, my inability to really like just be okay with who I was and not have to always prove myself to people and or be somebody that I wasn't just to do my best and be my best. And as I got that and I embodied that and it really became who I was, my back pain went away. And I can say now that I've been back pain-free for now. So I've been probably about 13 years, 12 years, and I have no back pain. I don't think about it all the time. Do I have to manage? Sure. Like anybody, I, I stretch, I exercise, I do functional fitness. I'm not doing just, you know, all the mirror muscles like crunches. I've now, I do things wiser, smarter, and consistently where I live pain-free and I can do anything. I surf, I ski, I skate, I um, I can jump, I can skip. I, I mean, it's amazing. I don't have any pain and it's really uh, a, a great feeling and so much, um, you know, I, I'm so grateful for that. That journey, this, this, I guess the second part of this journey where you're at today, the uh, internal, emotional, psychological pressures that we put on ourselves and that we carry is, is definitely extremely powerful. Um, listeners, if, uh, or Steve, have you ever actually, have you ever heard of the book, uh, why zebras don't have ulcers? Did we no, talk I've about never heard of it? Oh my goodness. So, uh, I read a couple of excerpts from it, but this concept is called why zebras don't have ulcers. It's kind of like helping us understand a little bit more like the deeper workings of our brain. And if you look at the human brain, it has a lot of what we call convolutions. It's very folded because us as humans, we have the opportunity and the ability to experience emotions, have memories and actually have these higher level functions, which is one of the many things that makes us human. And the thing is, is the fact that when you have like zebras, the example is why zebras don't have ulcers is this concept where a zebra is on the, the prairie and it's just eating grass. And then a lion comes out and tries to hunt the zebra. The hunt, the zebra is on high alert, runs away from the lion and escapes, but then it just goes back to eating grass. It's wired in its head to survive and leave like, and, and not get eaten by the, the lion. But once that's away, once that stressor is away, it's not dwelling on that anymore. It goes back to its normal day. And for us as humans, what's really interesting is that our brain centers remember things. So the thing is the fact that if we are experiencing 
whether it be physical trauma, emotional trauma, the psychological pressures that we put on ourselves, our deep brainstem cannot differentiate between is this a true threat to our well-being? Is there a lion actually chasing us? Or is it this internal struggle that we're carrying within ourselves? And that in itself can make us more predisposed to experiencing that last 10% of pain relief because of the fact that we have this thing that we literally cannot see or feel in our like true consciousness. And it gets revealed meeting with a psychologist, a therapist, and being able to do that. So hearing that story, it's a, it's a very legitimate thing. And it's so exciting to learn and, ex- and hear about your experiences because it, it's so powerful. And I find that a lot of professionals can in fact overlook that other concept. It's either there, there, I, I often see that there's, um, we'll say three pathways that once people get to this stage where they're okay, they're living, but they're not a hundred percent. And then path number one, it's okay. I get, I just accept the fact that I'm not going to be a hundred percent of what I was before. Option number two, um, option number two, they continue to take a deep dive and try to figure out, well, what is wrong? And then they just overlook the, the, the psychological and emotional aspect. And then we have path number three, which is the path that you took was going through this journey of taking a big inner dive of, of what you're experiencing. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's really important to recognize. And, you know, actually what I think attracted you and I is to each other. One of the reasons was that we are both very confident in what we do and what we know and what we can do. However, we don't try and be everything to everybody. And if we feel and know that, you know, therapy or some other modality could be of benefit that we can't necessarily do, we're not opposed to referencing out and referring you to somebody and work together as a team because it does take more than just one facet. If I had just done what I know, I would have accepted living with 90% pain. If I went to, if I didn't go to that, didn't have that breakup, right? That's sometimes it's funny on my Instagram. Um, yesterday I posted, uh, something about, and it was, um, someday this will all make sense, right? Had I gone through that breakup, and all that trouble. And I didn't really embody embrace that. Like if it wasn't really that hurtful for me, I would never have gone to therapy and I never would have been pain-free today. You know, I got over that breakup and I'm living pain-free today. And it was like one caused another, you know, there was a cause and effect. So there's so many things in life that sometimes happen. We don't understand or know why. And we try to rationalize and like you said, dwell on. And I think that's really important. I actually just queued up that book to download on my audibles. Um, I am excited to, you know, share with your audience that the idea of recovery is not linear. The idea of life is not linear. We often, you know, we, we have these devices and life oftentimes is, you know, very linear. They, they, they make things very simple. It's like you hit this button and it goes there, but life is not like that. And we wire, we wire ourselves consciously and subconsciously to think that it is, you know, easy for me to be, but there's so many things in between that can get in the way that we have to manage. We have to change. We have to adjust. And I think that's, what's really important to understand here is that there are many different facets and ways. It's not just one way. There could be many ways to do it and don't give up. Like, that's the other thing. Like, remember I made, I had that mantra and you, you, you said it, like, I am going to fully recover. Not that I can, 
I am like the two of the most powerful words in the English language is I am, I am going to fully recover, like opens up that possibility. And like, there was no timeline on it. I didn't say I was going to fully recover in three months. You know, I, I just knew somewhere and, and I, I embraced that possibility and found the way six Be- years later. Beautiful. Hey, you know what? It's never too late. Never too late. Never too late. And being able to take action to take care of yourself so then that way you can live a life, do the things that you love, which right now at this point, Steve, you help thousands of people become healthy, fit. Um, let's talk a little bit about like the fitness side and why that is so important when it comes to feeling good, being healthy, keeping the pain away mm-hmm. and living life to the fullest. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's my, my core competency in my profession is fitness and health and, uh, movements. Um, you know, again, as I said, I knew a lot then, but I didn't necessarily apply what I knew in the right way. So just being smart and having a bunch of information isn't always necessarily the best. Isn't always the best. You have to know how and when and how to apply it. Um, I recover more now than I ever did. Um, I'm also 47 years old, so it takes a little longer for me to recover naturally. But even before that, like I take time in between. I obviously sleep is really important. You and I have talked about that because your body's recovering and rebooting in sleep. Your body's rebooting hormonally, um, physically, uh, cellularly, and then it's rebooting emotionally as well and psychologically. It allows your body to be at ease and rest. Um, so getting ample and, and really quality sleep. And there's a lot of, you know, ways we could do that now. Um, the other thing in recovery is like just taking time off. Perhaps it's not always, you know, like today in the world, I, I see too often people are all into HIT training. Uh, you know, HIT is this high intensity interval training, which, you know, you go back and you as a, as, as a formal gym owner, like, it's really nothing more than just circuit training, you know, or interval training. That's what it's been, you know, it's doing one exercise, little or no rest, and then doing another one, not of the same, but something different. And you go back and forth and, you know, it's, it's fun. It's, it's creative. It's, it's, um, it's, uh, it produces a lot of, uh, feel good, uh, chemicals in your brain. There's competitiveness to it. And, you know, you're pushing yourself, but that is not always really good. It's not even not always. It's just not good. Even 40% of the time for most people, like just doing it once a week might be more than enough. And so pushing yourself to limits, uh, always is, is going to break your body down. Um, the other thing that I think is really important to know is, you know, it's not about looking good. This was a paradigm shift that I really embraced and, and, and teach my clients that I work with. Looking good is futile. It's something that doesn't come. It's not a journey. It's not a destination. It's a journey. So feeling good is more important. If we can like walk out of a workout feeling good, um, that's going to be more important. That's sustainable. Looking good is not sustainable. I've worked with some of the biggest actresses and actors in the world and help them get ready for roles for movies or commercials or even uh, musicians for tour. They wanted to look a certain way. And even when they got to that way that I was very confident they were there, they still weren't happy. And we all can realize that, like, I mean, you, it's just in our human nature, we're never really satisfied. And as I got a dog, you met my dog earlier. 
Um, when I, when I got my dog, I can see that that it's not just in humans, it's actually in animals too, because I can go and buy her, her favorite toy and I'll take her to the park and she's playing with her favorite toy. But then here comes this other dog and this other dog has a toy. She doesn't want her favorite toy anymore. She wants the other dog's toy and the other dog wants her toy. So it's like everybody wants something they don't have and they can't have. And it's not just in humans. It's also in the animal species as well. And it's funny because, um, you know, we just, again, it goes back to like loving yourself, accept yourself, accept what you have, accept what you don't have. You have limitations. You can't be um, the best always at everything. You can't compete at, at levels that maybe some can compete at. You just have to do your best and run your own race. And I think that's really important. Um, and I think that is really one of my superpowers that I found in that therapy that I've now, you know, embraced and live every day with and has allowed me to at 47 live pain-free, uh, you know, f- function and move and, and feel like I'm in my twenties. Um, you know, I feel awesome. I feel, I feel really great and I move great and I can do anything really I want to do. So I'm happy about that. That's beautiful, man. So feeling good, greater than looking good and looking good is going to be a journey. You brought this really amazing concept about recovery. And I think a lot of people think recovery as more of like a concept of like, okay, you're just going to sit on your butt all day. And really a a large part of it, um, recovery is really more so restorative. The goal is to help you feel better. And so we live in this day and age where technology allows us to move so quickly and with technology allows us to be moved, like to get things done so quickly. But because we can get things done so quickly, that means that in a way we have the capacity to do more. And in our human nature, what one another thing that separates us from uh, the animals is our ability to actually override the signals that our body is telling us that we need to rest and recover. And so, yes, in a way we can innovate things because we challenge our minds, we challenge our bodies, but on the other end, recovery is going to be important because it's going to allow us to restore our energy and allow our muscles and our tissues and our joints to fully heal from whatever trauma is being put. Um, and so that, that, that in itself, uh, Double amen to that, brother, on the recovery standpoint. Really, really huge. Absolutely. It's so important today more than ever. You know, it's not just recovery from our physical activity, but it's the recovery from our mental activity. We are working harder than ever. We may think that we're not because we're not moving. Like we're kinesthetic creatures. I mean, the majority of people learn kinesthetically through movement and touch. Um, but we're very much in a cerebral, cerebral space now that we've never been before. The advent of technology has created our brains to work much harder at a faster pace and make rapid decisions, sometimes life-changing decisions, stressful situations. There are, you know, pings and dings and emails and texts and, uh, social media. Everything is coming out of us full force. And we have to often take breaks from that, that as much as physical activity can be debilitating and cause back pain or other type of disabilities and dis-ease in your mind, body, and spirit. And I think that that, I think, I know that that is an important part in our lives today that we need to manage um, more so than we ever had to before. So I, I think that's important. That I know that's important to mention and, and address as well. Yeah. Mind, 
body and spirit and love, man. Yeah. And, you, and, and I want to bring something up as I, as you heard me correct myself and you're listening to this, like I said, I think, and as you heard, I corrected myself rather than letting myself say it, I corrected myself in the moment, even in the face of probably maybe sounding, um, annoying that I was doing that, or, um, I, maybe it's not that I am, you know, that, that we're confident in saying that I'm human as well. And I still have these rackets and, and, uh, disabilities ways to act or not act that are not congruent with the way I want to be. So I correct myself and it's okay to do that. And it's, I think, it's vulnerability and it's being able to make those micro adjustments and tweaks in life that are going to lead you down the path of living your best life and loving the life that you live. I love that. So there you have it listeners. It's okay to correct yourself, make those changes, focus on what is going to bring you the most amount of joy. What's going to make you feel good. Because when you have people like Steve who can guide you there and coach you and help you understand that all this is really possible, then the sky's the limit in regards to what you can accomplish. And hearing Steve talk in today's episode and then meeting him for the first time a couple months ago, his overall energy and outlook on everything is one of the many things that really attracted me to being being around him. And so I'm so thankful for having the opportunity to be able to spend time with Steve. And I'm thankful for, for him being on this podcast today. Thank you so much. Um, I know that you have, uh, you have, you have an amazing uh, business structure and you can actually help people across the country, across the world. And Steve, would you like to talk a little bit more about your, the new online class you're, you're, you're running. Yeah, a- absolutely. So I, um, it's not necessarily new anymore. It's been about a year and a half. Um, you know, I had to adjust during COVID. I own a private training studio in Los Angeles that I've owned for 15 years where I saw people one-on-one, uh, or in small groups. And because of COVID, you know, I needed to address that and make sure that people that I was working with and anybody that wanted to work with me could. And so I went virtual and I created a virtual class that I do every Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, uh, and it's at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's 45 minutes. It's called Functional Fitness. Uh, and I call it Level Up. And it's a mind, body, uh, and spiritual approach to fitness. Uh, very much how we approach this today. Uh, we start with foam rolling. And as you mentioned, I was one of the innovators and uh, originators of foam rolling. I created a program, again, talk about knowledge, 20 years ago, a program called Steve Jordan's Posture Perfect Program, where it was a program that uh, Men's Fitness picked up and did a feature article in seven pages. And foam rolling was the, the foam roller was first introduced to the world in that magazine in that, in that particular edition. And I was the one to bring it to the attention to everybody. And it was uh, a very cool experience. So I start with foam rolling every single session. Uh, we do mobility and activation. So we stretch muscles that are tight and we activate muscles that have been sleepy and, and um, not as turned on. And then we go through a functional fitness, total body, usually protocol where we're moving in with body weight or light weights or light kettlebell. Um, even TheraBand 
weekends and allow ourselves to feel great at the end of 45 minutes. And, uh, and we recover as well. And I do a, usually a little meditation at the end where I leave people feeling inspired and motivated to take their day on um, in ways that they just weren't thinking prior. And it's a really fun experience. Um, it's uh, You check it out. You can email me, steve at stevejordan.com. I can send you more information on that. Check out my website, stevejordan.com. If you go to the contact page, there's a page there where you can put in your information and it will send me an email and I'll follow up with you. Um, I'd love to just know where you're at. If you have any questions or if you're just want to relate to something or share your story of recovery or a story where you're challenged and might need a little bit of inspiration, hope, and maybe a little bit of advice, I'm happy to do that. I love doing that. I have people from all over the world reach out to me from Australia, from uh, New England and uh, Massachusetts and all over. Um, it's really, it's awesome. I'm, I've actually just had somebody from the Netherlands uh, a couple of days ago reach out to me. So it's fun to experience and talk to people who are, you know, going through something. I love to share and shine the light on what they're experiencing and help to be that bridge to their living their best life. So I'd love to help you do that as well. Lovely. Uh, listeners, I actually had the opportunity to take one of Steve's class back classes back in November, November, right? Uh, December, holy moly. And, um, Oh, it was such a good time. I had a, had a lot of fun and I felt so great after. So, um, you know, uh, Steve has had clients all through throughout the world. Wanted to also give you a real life experience. It was fantastic. My wife and I took it in December and had the most fun. And we were probably going to take another class very soon. So thanks yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. Always welcome, Ashley. I, you know, I want to acknowledge you as well as, uh, you know, as a professional and open-minded and, you know, someone who's really stepping outside of, you know, your comfort zone and being able to bring this knowledge and expertise to, uh, your audience, it's, you know, we need more of this. We need more people like you to share the experiences that you have and bring on guests that have experiences and life lessons and the knowledge to help people. You know, that's really what this is about. Life is about helping giving and growing. Um, as one of the guests on my podcast, the Steve Jordan experience said, uh, Richard Leiter, who's a best selling author, you have to give and grow. And that's our, our really life's purpose, no matter who you are, where you're at or what you do, but give and grow. Give and grow. I love it. Steve, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, listeners, um, if you didn't catch his contact information, I'm actually going to put all of his contact information in the show notes today. So then that way you can get in touch with Steve and experience more of his awesomeness. Steve, thank you thank so much you. for coming. I appreciate you, Ashley. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you got some help from today's podcast. And for more info, check us out at ifixyoursciatica.com. Have a fantastic and pain-free day. No patient-therapist relationship is formed by listening to this podcast. We are not providing medical advice, and all information should be confirmed by a medical provider. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.